G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to a special Thanksgiving recap episode of G'day Gridiron. Uh, myself, Ian, and my mate Manjot here after a big, big Friday in Australia of uh, Thanksgiving games. We're going to recap some amazing games. It's been a great day of football, hasn't it Manjot? Yeah, it's been, it's been insane. That was a great day. I think probably one of the best Thanksgiving days I've ever seen in in NFL, pretty much. I've not seen a Thanksgiving day where all three games are competitive for the most part. I mean, up until probably midway third quarter, there's always one blowout in the Lions. But there's always, Lions jokes aside, they did pretty well today. I mean, every team, they fought pretty hard. Maybe the Giants were the worst, but yeah. Giants were probably the worst out of all the out of the six, but yeah. objectively, if you were watching just that uh, Giants Cowboys game by itself, it was a really good game still. So, yeah. um, if you're comparing it with obviously the Bills Lions and the Pats Vikings games, then um, it was definitely the the biggest differential, I guess, in not necessarily points, but in in quality, but. Um, but that was a really good game. So let's um, let's start with the morning game, uh, the Thanksgiving wake-up game for Americans. Uh, and that was between the Buffalo Bills and the Detroit, Detroit Lions uh, at Ford Field in um, Detroit. So the Buffalo Bills came away with a narrow 28-25 victory over the Lions in the last seconds. Um, very hard for game between between both teams. The Lions uh, taking a little bit of a lead at times, which was quite surprising, and the Bills sort of had to fight with a few field goals just to stay in contention. Um, there was a string, actually, there, uh, some kind of record. I don't know whether you can really call them records, but records for the season where the Bills had um, four... Uh, four drives in a row that all ended in a punt, which hasn't happened at yet once for them this season. So amazingly, it happened on Thanksgiving against a Lions team um, who always seem that this 2022 Lions have been very plucky, very, very hard done by, I think. Like there's, there's a lot of luck involved or bad luck for them involved in not winning some of the games that they have won. But Considering every other year the Lions on Thanksgiving have laid an absolute egg, um, this game was – they really stayed in this game and they, they really made it a fight all the way to the finish. Yeah, it was an amazing performance, I reckon, by both teams in this one. I think a lot of people would say the Bills didn't play well and I, I tend to agree they didn't play up to their standards, but they still scored 28 points. They still did pretty well. There was a bit of a concern for the Bills, though. Von Miller, that knee injury, that's going to be huge down the stretch. And I think they were really hurting when he went out of the game. I thought the Lions, they took quite a lot of advantage. I heard Dan Campbell 
at the halftime interview, he was like, yeah, we're going to take advantage of that. He, he said it out loud. I mean, he said he was um, sorry for Bob Miller, but he also said that they were going to take advantage of his loss. And it was looking that way for most of that fourth quarter, the way the Lions were playing. They were actually pretty good the first three and a half quarters. It was just the last few minutes that really hurt them. I think for me where it was, I'm really impressed with the Lions. I just think there was a few mistakes they made. Firstly, Michael Badgley, the money badger, he missed a 29-yard field goal midway through the third quarter that everyone, yeah. it's gone viral now because Jim Nance is like, yeah, he hasn't missed a kick all season and he just and he misses it. that. Jim, uh, Jim, really, Jim well and truly screwed him there. He did. That was a very bad announcer, Jigs. I always try and avoid that. I'm always careful of those when I'm commentating. But look, it was regardless of the announcer, Jigs, you got to make that 29-yard field goal. That was something he has to make. And then, yeah, they had that, I think it was, yeah, they had a big roughing the passer penalty just before Diggs' touchdown. At, in the fourth quarter, that just really gave them a first and goal. I think it was third and goal at that point. So it literally gave them a fresh set of downs to Bills, and the Bills just scored the next play, which was just, yeah, they got the lead back after that. And, yeah, I think that's where the Lions, they made a few too many mistakes today, is that they just couldn't be consistent enough to be in the game as much. I mean, they were in the game, as in they, they weren't consistent enough to win the game. That's what I meant to say. Because they had a few, it was just a few mistakes here and there that they could have made. Like, Goff could have thrown on that third down and one. Firstly, why did they throw that deep? Secondly, Goff could have connected that pass. That was a pretty good route run there down the sideline, and he just misses it. He just overthrows it by a couple steps, and then, yeah, he could have got that. But, yeah, for me, it's just, I don't know. Like, for me, I thought the Lions did play very well. And this is a testament to Dan Campbell and why he's built the culture down there in Detroit. It's actually been well built, I reckon. They're going to they're gonna be a force someday, maybe two to three years' time. We might be talking about the Lions as a perennial playoff contender because Dan Campbell, he's building a lot of good things you learn a lot when losing together, and I think this team, they're losing together and they're actually doing it pretty well because, yeah, they've been competitive for most of this, most of the season, especially the past month. They won three in a row coming into this one. They just fell short against a good Buffalo Bills team who everyone's been saying Super Bowl champions for, for pretty much the whole season. And, yeah, it's just been – it's crazy, like, watching – how the Bills, I don't know, like Josh Allen, though, he hasn't looked himself ever since that elbow injury. And uh, that um, might be... There's been some concerns there. Obviously, yeah. today today as well, there was... Um, it seemed like a lot of the, the Bills team were very, very down. It didn't seem like they were um, energised and excited about being there at a game. There was quite a few yeah. on the sideline where um, the... The camera was sort of focusing on Diggs, um, really trying to pump Allen and, and a lot of other guys on the sideline up. Um, yeah, sort of keep in even during during plays during um, uh, during drives. He was you can see Diggs was going over to Allen and really trying to, I think, get him get him moving and get him focused on what was going on. Uh, obviously, it was a very quiet first half for for Stefan Diggs as well. 
Um, yeah, first three quarters, he was kept pretty yeah. quiet because where they, where they really stopped him, the Lions, was in double coverage. They sent a lot of high safeties on him. Yeah. And Allen couldn't throw his way, so he went mainly to Isaiah McKenzie the whole of the second quarter, all the third quarter, from what I saw. He was just... McKenzie was just all over the Lions. They just couldn't stop him. Yeah, McKenzie, we had, McKenzie had a great day. With, he um, did. Six, six, recep- six receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Good. So really good. Um, and then obviously Diggs had, Diggs had eight for 77 and a touchdown with that, that long... Yeah, a lot of it came in the fourth that really, quarter. Yeah, that fourth quarter, 36-yarder really um, blew it open. And I think that was probably one of the bigger turning points for that match, the ones that sort of really sealed it um, yeah. for the Bills and sealed the Lions' fate. Um, with, yeah. Up until then, though, I mean, the Lions, once again, though, um, I think you're right about the Lions. I think what Dan Campbell's building at the moment in, in the team losing together and really sticking together, losing together, is a positive culture. Um, mm. They all want to play for each other. They really want to play for that coaching unit. Um, yeah, Dan Campbell especially. Um, so it's a really positive sort of culture thing that they're really trying to build. Yeah, and for me, it's just yeah, the Lions they could have won this one. They just made a few too many mistakes, and yeah, that's just the sh- that just shows like the difference between the two teams. It's just. I guess, yeah, when you have the sort of talent the Bills have and the talent disparity between the teams, I think that's why the Bills pretty much won. One pass by Allen to Diggs, and Diggs had a big fourth quarter. I think he caught like four or five catches on those last two drives alone. He was like, I think he was like three for 21 or something coming into the last couple of drives. And then, yeah, Allen just force-fed it to him. Pretty much the whole time. And then Tyler Bass, who missed an extra point early on, he actually got one. He got the game winner in the end, straight down the middle. And yeah, 28 to 25. That was that was one of the best, I reckon, Thanksgiving games, especially Lions Thanksgiving games. That's got to be up there with, I think, the one that I'm thinking of, the Golden Tate game where he scored the game win against Minnesota a few years back now. I think it was six or five or six years ago now. Where he scored that one. That's probably the other one that's up there for me in terms of Detroit Thanksgiving games because they haven't played too many good ones. But the thing is, today, they're very competitive against the Bills. I was asking them, I was asking the question of them on our social media can they be competitive with the Bills? And then, yeah, they were. They were. They really stood up to the test. I'm really excited to see what the Lions have. Really excited to see what the Bills have too in coming in. You know what the Lions do have? Uh, if we talk about individual numbers here, they yeah. have Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh, what, yeah. What a guy he is. What a player. Um, another nine receptions for 122 yards today um, and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he, he gives some amazing vibes. I think they've, they've sort of really, the Lions picked a really good player um, in St. Brown. Yeah, uh, he's a steal. An absolute steal. He um, if you see how it goes in in the next probably into next next season, but it's um he gives me those Justin Jefferson vibes again, you know, mm-hmm. quietly amassing hundred yard plus games all the time, TDs here and there, um, you know, and, and constantly targeted 
So, I mean, he caught nine or ten today. You know, so he's sort of his his average is way up there for this for the season. So he's just a, a quality player. And then um, Jamal Williams at the moment for the Lions just seems to be a touchdown machine. That guy. <laughs> yeah, he, another he's touchdown amazing. today. Eighteen carries, sixty six yards. You know, on the ground, like he is just the the dude is um, amazing. So they have some quality players, um, the Lions, and then individual yeah. wise, I guess. If you go over to, to Buffalo, um, uh, quieter day for Singletary, maybe. It's sort of mm. it's, it's the rushing game for for the for Buffalo obviously gets blown out a lot because of um, because of the rush of Josh Allen, uh, and there are, seem to be a lot more plays, um, a lot more sort of more run designs plays for him today in today's game um, versus yeah. other weeks where I think that they're they're RPOs instead. Um, and obviously, a lot of short yardage throws. I, I had noticed that they were sort of talking in, in um, on the coverage a bit about how he hadn't been using digs, hadn't been going deep, that kind of thing. Uh, even a lot of the throws to McKenzie were shorter yardage ones. So you could tell he was sort of uh, holding back, probably a bit hamstrung by that that elbow injury. Um, and then so there's there's more doing on the ground, you know. So yeah. That's what I think. I think with the Bills, they've really developed this sort of balance. We've seen this in the last couple of games. Played them both in Detroit under a dome, so it's not even cold weather that much. You got the air conditioning in indoors, no snow, no rain falling, and they've gone with the run game more than the pass game. They've been, I mean, like Allen still threw it forty two times in this one. He only completed twenty four of them though, but. The run game has been a lot more effective in the last couple of weeks against the Browns and the Lions. I think, yeah, with Singletary, I think he's going to develop pretty well in this offense. I'm still waiting to see Naheem Hines and James Cook get a few more carries as well. I think Allen running it 10 times for 78 yards and a touchdown. I mean, 10 times with a banged up elbow. Mm. It's a bit of a risk, I reckon. It's, so, a, lot of, it's a lot of a risk. He, yeah, there was uh, there was one play in particular I saw where he got um, he got hit quite hard uh, into uh, sort, of, sort of off the off the field, so off the sideline. Um, yeah, and it took a couple of his a couple of the guys, his players that were around him to to run up and help him get back up. They didn't focus on it, really didn't say anything, but there was a definite. You could see he was hurting after that yeah. one. I think he might have landed um, on that elbow. Uh, when he got hit, and that's that's part of the point. That's part of the risk, isn't it? When you get yeah, you're rushing plays is you're going to get hits on that elbow. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think for Allen, you've got to use the legs when the arm isn't working, but you also got to protect the arm. That's the sort of balance. That's the thing between the Bills. They've got to they've got to use their best player in Josh Allen somehow. They they can't have him just sit back. Throw it, say fifty. Imagine ten; those ten times will come past. So be fifty-two times instead of forty-two. Let's say on that sort of pace, he could play with like five of them. So it'd be like twenty-nine out of fifty-two. Maybe gets a few more yards. So, I mean, yeah, the I think it would help a bit if he does throw more, but he also needs to. It's just a balancing. I think. A lot of his runs, if he can like slide down, he can protect himself better, 
rather than running through guys. He he just got to slide down, dive down, run out of bounds pretty much. And then he'll be much better, I think, for the Bills. And I think, yeah, just they did they did have a tough one. It was a tough one against the Lions. It was a it's sort of a trap game, but the Bills they survived. I think two and zero in Detroit. The Lions haven't done that since twenty sixteen. The Bills did that in just four days. So yeah, there you go. There's a stat I got for you, Ian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that one from the coverage. Well, that's yeah. I don't know what they're asking. There were a lot of stats today. Today's coverage. Yeah, there were really. There were some little things I was noting as we were going along. Um, it was nice to have Nance and Romo on something, other than yeah, the Cowboys game as well. It was nice. It was a good. It was a good vibe, I reckon, um, with those two, especially yeah. the answer jinx on Badgley. But yeah, that was a good game all around. I'm I'm excited to see both teams again at some point. Oh, definitely, and I think we will. Um, Bills are obviously um, a bit of a, a, a definite playoff contender. Uh, and yeah. whilst the Lions are now uh, at four and seven, um, they're sort of out of con- well out of contention, I think, at this point for playoffs. But if they keep producing this, making games hard for teams, then some of the teams that they've got to come up against um, could trip up and it could... Um, it could ruin some seasons uh, if people aren't careful, um, especially for those in um, those of us in the NFC North. Um, you know, Vikings are obviously prone to a hiccup. We saw that last week against the Cowboys. Packers aren't doing so well, but I guess they're going to want to try and stay or at least finish in second in the North, uh, whereas at the moment the Lions are sitting at second in the North. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. They got the head-to-head tiebreak on the Packers. We'll see the Packers again later this week. But, yeah, the Lions, they're really building well. I did say a couple days after the Super Bowl that the Lions were going to win the North. I know that was a bit of an exaggeration. Eventually, I backtracked on that later on in the offseason. I was like, hey, you Vikings. Know what? I you, said know the you weren't that close. There's a, there's some games there that, yeah, like I said at the start, if the luck, if the luck coin fell the other on the other side, the Lions could easily be seven and four, not four and seven. Yeah, um, I was looking for that worst that. to first. Yeah, pretty much with that prediction, I was looking for the best worst to first candidate. I thought the Lions were pretty much they were good worst to first candidate. I think yeah. because yeah, the North didn't look that strong this year. We didn't know what Kevin O'Connor would be with the Vikings. We didn't know what. The Packers would be without Devontae Adams. We didn't know what the Bears would be with Justin Fields. And then we didn't know what the Lions would be. So I thought, why not take a shot? I, I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty right. I'll take I'll take a small W there because I was meaning it in a way that, yeah, the Lions would be a team that could shock people. And I think, yeah, that's it. They're doing well. They're doing absolutely well. I think could go on all day about Dan Campbell and that team because they're they're doing well. That hard knock season was great too. So yeah, we've all loved them this season. Definitely have. All right. Well, onwards to the the most viewed game. I think I mean I haven't even seen the coverage figures yet, but we we know we've got two of the most viewed teams in the NFL uh playing in the middle. Thanksgiving Day slot, uh, one of America's biggest days, 
you can pretty much guarantee that this would have been the most viewed game on TV today. Um, and that was between the New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys uh, at Jerry World in Dallas. Um, the Giants took an early lead here. Uh, they got a stop on downs. They get, oh, stopped the Cowboys on downs, uh, put a field goal over for the first score, um, got another field goal and a, and a touchdown to sort of end the half and, and go 13-7, up 13-7 into the half. They were looking really good um, up until that point, but it's sort of like whether they ran out of steam or or whether Dallas um, just come together better on the way home. Um, Dallas was way more consistent here and the Cowboys really get a win. Um, late TD to Richie James, um, put the Giants within eight, so within a, a, a two-point conversion. Uh they were left to try and recover an onside kick, uh, which is obviously very, very hard in today's NFL. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think the big, the biggest, biggest takeaways from this Cowboys game for me was so far or straight up was the the usage of um, uh, of Zeke. He obviously he was a powerhouse early on, uh, big runs up the middle, just busting through um, D line of the, the Giants uh, really getting big yardage. There was a point there where every touch he had was was 10 yards, you know, so it's sort of – he was a first-down machine. Um, and then you go to the other side, the um, the Dallas defense sacked um, Daniel Jones three times uh, in the game. And, and obviously Dallas are the, the NFL leader in sacks at the moment, so you would expect them to be doing that, especially with Michael Parsons. Um and they only limited him to 14 yards rushing. So they really sort of put the clamps down between that and Saquon Bar- Barkley only being 39 yards rushing. They really clamped down hard on the Giants, the Cowboys. Uh, and I think that that force and then that, the consistency in their offense was uh, what really pushed them to get up uh, and over the Giants here. Yeah, I think the final score is a little misleading because – 28 to 20 didn't really reflect how defensive this game was. I thought both defenses played pretty well as much as they could up until about the third quarter. I think <laughs> definitely at the start, the the Giants, they came out to play. Their, their defense came out to play. Cowboys, their defense came out to play as well. And yeah, early interception on Dak. The Giants still looking good. They're they're driving it down the field, getting a big catch by Slayton. Barkley got his touchdown, and then yeah, it looked it looked like the Giants still gonna keep the Cowboys losing streak of Thanksgiving going. And then the Cowboys is the one play that changed the game was when Daniel Jones missed the throw to Saquon Barkley in fourth down in his own territory. That just gave. That gave everyone, it just gave the Cowboys a lot of momentum. It gave everyone pretty much an oh no feeling on the Giants sideline because well, yeah, there's another, was there's another one there where a, a throw to Saquon that was an easy catch for Saquon and he and he just bobbled it and went to yeah. ground. I think it was a it was a it was a fourth down too, so he just yeah. um it was a handover on downs. Yeah, and, and then the Cowboys an easy reception. 
Yeah, Cowboys went down and scored a touchdown after that. That turned a one-point lead into an eight-point lead. And after that, the Cowboys weren't going to be catched. And, yeah, I think the thing is with the with the Giants is, yeah, they're falling a little bit. They lost the Lions last week. They, they lost the Cowboys today. They're falling a bit right now. And this is a bit of a worry sign for me because – they started seven and two. Now they're seven and four. These two games have dropped. I think, I think the Giants. The thing is, Daniel Jones. I mean, he had a decent day statistically wise, but if he lays that throw out to Saquon, he has to just put it in front of him, not behind Saquon. Saquon would caught that. He he could have run for a touchdown. I saw the coaches film. I saw what the commentators were saying. He he could have run past Leighton Van Desch and got a touchdown there, Saquon. And his numbers would have looked a lot better. It's just, yeah, these small mistakes. Again, same thing with the Lions. The Giants, they made a couple small mistakes here that really just, it just killed them in the end. It just hurt them a lot. It was the difference between winning and losing was these four or five players they've had that change the game and I think yeah the Giants need an absolute miracle in the end. I think yeah final score they twenty eight to twenty. Again, yeah, defensive game wasn't shown. Also wasn't a show the Cowboys dominance in the end. Because yeah, the Cowboys they had a lot of good players. While we look at the Giants, they've struggled a bit on offense. Their Cowboys offense, they were actually pretty good. I thought I thought the Z coming back with 16 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. I thought that was a pretty good game for yeah, Z. Yeah, really, really good game. That's why I mentioned Zeke. It was, yeah. it was a really good game from him. Um, a strong, strong game from him. So Yeah, was, him and Pollard are just such a good combo. Like, Pollard lost. It's nice to see them both getting similar carries, similar numbers, so they're really splitting those carries. Yeah. You know, which is what they – when you get <clears throat> two quality guys like that, they really should be splitting – the carries and hopefully getting similar numbers as well. Yeah, like Pollard's an interesting one because he's taken a lot of the work recently from Zeke. He had a couple, two more carries than Zeke today. He he had thirty less yards though. But I think yeah, I was I've been listening to a few Cowboys fans like my my friend Jack and other Cowboys pages on Instagram and things like that. They've been saying like. When Zeke makes like a small run, Pollard can break that for big gain. If Pollard makes a small run, that's a run that Zeke can make for big gain. Like they really complement each other pretty well. I think, yeah, like last week, Pollard, he was a friend of the passing game against the Vikings, got a couple touchdowns and 109 yards there. And then this week, they didn't use him as much in the passing game because they had all these other targets, CD, six catches, 160 yards. A beautiful one-handed grab too on the sideline. He almost had the touchdown as well in the back of the end zone. He just needed that heel to touch on touch inside the end zone. He would have got Gallup had a decent day. My boy Jake Ferguson hyped him up in preseason. He had a good day as well. Dalton Schultz couple touchdowns. So they had they had a few receivers. They didn't need to use Pollard. They only gave him two catches. So they didn't even really need to use him in the receiving game, which really shows how deep the Cowboys can be. And if this is really the Odell Beckham Jr. bowl, oh, boy. 
I think we might have to. I don't think it is. I don't. Everyone was so out there with that, but I, I can't see, see OBJ going to the Giants. The, the well, Cowboys, if, are the, the Cowboys are the flashier team. Jerry Jones is the flashier owner. You know, it's just it's where he belongs. I mean, yeah. If you were just, if you were to show anybody that didn't know uh, that much about the NFL and teams. Um, OBJ as a personality and then show them what the personality of each team was and let them guess. I reckon <laughs> most people would guess that he played for Dallas when yeah. the reality is he, he hasn't. So, yeah. yeah he's gonna, I mean, he fits with that Ram. He fit with that Rams team velocity, I reckon, but he's yeah. going to fit. He's going to fit. He, he's really going to fit with well with Dak, with, with Zeke, with Micah Parsons. You know, it's just... Yeah, CD and Gallup and OBJ, that's a very good receiving call. Yeah, that's pretty much be... replacing Amari Cooper like effectively. Yeah, I reckon more, more than I reckon. Yeah, um, it depends how he comes back from ACL injury. Though that's a big injury. But, but yeah, it, it, um, they're going to be a force going. If, if, even without OBJ, they're going to be a big force going forward. Um, yeah, they're going to be a, a a big contender uh, in the playoffs. I'm, I'm just not sure because. You know how they always are in playoffs, right? They, they oh, yeah, always 100%. fall short. They, they, they every get... year, they they hype them up. Every year, every year they have a great regular season. They get to the playoffs, and then they always fall division round or wild card round. So they've the got people, to get over the, the only, pump. I think the only people that hype them up that much are themselves, though. That's yeah, the, the fans. Um, yeah. They need to, like, farm the farm on that, and especially the players and themselves, like, rein the egos in because you've got to get to the big dance first before you can sort of actually dance. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, and obviously, obviously they're in, it's not like they're going to be run, they can run away with a division and, and get home playoff games and like all that that comes with it because they've got the Eagles that are above them. Uh, and whilst the Eagles have faltered a little bit in the last few weeks, yeah, I don't know whether you're going to, you've already, <laughs> I don't know whether you're going to do it. So, yeah. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, it would have to be something, some pretty horrible things happen for the Eagles not to win that division right now. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tight race. I reckon. I think for me, yeah, the, the Eagles are in the front, but if Dallas can claw back, if they can beat the Eagles in a few weeks time and then really show that they, that they can contend with the Eagles and yeah, they can make it. Even at fifth seed, we've seen teams they can go on runs. Teams can go on runs even with um even with the wild card. We saw San Fran last year. We saw I guess a few years ago. Oh, I mean the Bengals last year. They they won their division, but they're they're pretty you couldn't really say they were fourth seed. So yeah, there's always the chance that these teams that are that are low seeds, they can actually make it. Yeah, Bengals are actually first seed, I reckon. But yeah, either way, they they were pretty low low ranked last year. The Bengals, same with the Rams, uh, and the Niners. Yeah, the Niners. I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, both teams were pretty lowly ranked, and yeah, they still did pretty well when deep playoff runs. So you never know, fifth seed. It's just an indication that you're the best wildcard seed. They'll probably be playing Tampa in 
in the wild card round if they're making the fifth seed because the NFC South just sucks and Tampa's just the best team out of them. But yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a good fight to finish in the NFC East. All four teams are still in it. Somehow the commanders are coming back. Somehow the Giants they they're still hanging in there a bit. But the Cowboys and the Eagles is the main one, I reckon, in that division. For sure. Well, moving on to the final game of Thanksgiving. Uh, and it was a massive game uh, to end the night between the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings uh, in Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings coming away 33-26 to 26 winners right at the death. Um, Cousins threw for 299 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the last of which was score to uh, Adam Thielen with nine minutes and, and nine and a half minutes left on the clock uh, to put Minnesota ahead against the Patriots. Um, yeah. Jefferson had was back with 139 receiving yards and at one touchdown uh, and went ahead, officially ahead of Randy Moss uh, as the all-time leader. Uh, was it 100-yard reception games? In the first three seasons, I think it's also receiving yards in the receiving first... yards as well. So he's yeah. now officially two games ahead of Randy Moss. I believe he's two games ahead of OBJ too, who are the yeah. two right up the top there. Uh, yeah, and he and he beats uh, Randy Moss's receiving yards um, record as well. Um, he is is the absolute force that um, he's been touted to, to be. Uh, and one of the biggest reasons for the Vikings being up this high uh, and at 9-2 and two in 2022. Um, the Vikings sort of, uh, they really need to bounce back after last week's massive blowout to the Cowboys. And on a short week, it was a little worrisome, especially for Vikings fans as myself. Could, um, could they actually do it? Would they be too tired? There's a few injuries, especially... Um, Defensive line uh, and and a few of the a few we got younger cornerbacks out on the field uh, had to rebound a few times during the game. Um, it was an overthrow that was intercepted by Jonathan Jones, uh, returned for fifty five yards to set up a field goal in the first quarter. Then the Vikings managed to score on five straight possessions uh, to end the first half, so it really kept them uh, in the hunt. Uh, end ahead just on the score or just in the hunt on the scoreboard um, and consistently scoring points all throughout the game, which seems to be uh, a bit of a um, a bit of a blueprint this season, like well, something that the Vikings mm. are known to do, just the consistency to keep scoring, keep ticking along through a, a game and then um, really come home with a massive punch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it was a good game, I think, first off, yeah. just to say. That was a that was a fun game. I think it was a lot it was a lot more of a shootout style in the first half. It kind of cooled off at the end. But yeah, it was it was interesting. First off, well done to Kirk. Kirk Cousins was just the first time he um he really won in prime time. I think he got that monkey of his back. I mean, he's won primetime games before, but this is a 
a real one, a real confidence. This boost. is a big one too. It's the yeah. game. Big, it's Patriots. I think the late game on Thanksgiving. It's just it's a massive time game. Yeah, it's it's national TV. I mean, the only other thing, the only other game I really thought was the one he won was like I think last year against the Bears on Monday Night Football, he won one. But apart from that, he's really struggled in primetime games. It's always been a it's always been a thing about Kirk Cards. It's always been a thing about this Vikings team. Can they win in the big moments? Can they win in these primetime games? And today, Kirk Cousins, he really proved himself. He was really good. He bounced back from the early interception. I thought after that interception, oh boy, here we go again. Kirk Cousins in primetime. Oh no, this is not looking good. But to my surprise, I, and I think everyone's surprised, Kirk Cousins actually turned out to be pretty good in this game. And I think I think a lot of credit has to go to him. I think he's always gone through adversity. He's bounced back. He had pretty much a 300-yard game, three touchdowns, that one interception. He was, he was really trying his hardest, I think. I think the Vikings themselves are trying their hardest. First drive, they come out with the intent. I think Jefferson, he came out for a pass to feeling. And you knew... Then the Vikings came out to play. They didn't want to sit around and, I guess, not score on the first drive like you've been telling me. And they haven't been scoring all season huh. in the first in the first quarter in the first drive. And here they come out and they do really well and they score. And I think for me that that's where the intent was really with Minnesota. It's just they they really came out and played and. To the Patriots' credit, they actually matched that for a lot of the game as well. They they came out and played. They scored their first drive as well. And Matt Jones, was he was pretty good. I think when watching the game with you, I, I, was, I was saying that the Minnesota defense was allowing a lot of zones and with the zone coverages. I, you were telling me there was a lot of new players, of course, but their zones, there were really a lot of holes in them. And Mac Jones, was, but I think it was that. Like I was saying, it was more about the um, the younger guys. Um, obviously, they're more likely being told to sit off in that defense a bit more and give give the space because it's easier to give the space and make the tackle than try and get up in the face man on man and um, yeah. then miss completely and leave a massive hole behind you. So um, yeah, like Duke Shelley, he's a new guy. He yep. just came in his first start. I think it was in his career. So he's one of those examples. They've they've had a few injuries back there, but I think yeah, Ben don't break kind of defense, especially at the end. I thought you know I had to take it back at the end because that final drive though, the secondary really stepped up. That was pretty much textbook of how you defend in the final minute of a game because they get the sack on the first down, then the second down. The receiver's just trying to fight for that sideline. And Patrick Peterson with the absolutely amazing tackle yeah. just to keep him in. And the clock keeps ticking on both of those plays. They lost. It's, it's, and then the final play. It's Peterson to um, just hold him inbounds, like to tackle him, just wrap him up, but throw him back in towards the middle of the field um, so that he's, he was down well away from the, the sideline. Um, yeah, and then and then that final part with it, um, even the the pass from Jones to to Myers, uh, 
which is 23 yards. Uh, but then Eric Kendricks wrapping him up. Like, again, he got, Kendricks gave Myers room, let him make the catch, knowing that he just needed to tackle him inbounds to yeah. finish the game. Um, yeah, yeah, Myers was pretty much – he was pretty much down on the ground anyway. So Kendricks, just a simple touch, game's over. Because of Patriots offense, there's no way they're going to make it to that that sort of yardage line with just three seconds left. I think, yeah, the Vikings, they're really, their defensive line came through at the end of that, especially on that first down sack and that final drive. And that's, yeah. that seems to be what's been happening in those fourth quarters all the time is the, the defensive line seems to really step up and, and kick into another gear in the fourth quarter, um, which means that the offense can do what they're supposed to be doing and, and get back on the field and 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 score points um, whilst they the defensive line keeps the opposition um, out of it, which is what it was. It was 10, 10 to nothing to Minnesota in the fourth quarter, yeah, uh, which was huge. Obviously, there was a, a bigger, bigger moment in the at the very start of the uh, second half with the the touchdown to uh, for the Pats. For Hunter Henry, which was a huge play, yeah, um, yeah it was a uh, eight play, seventy five yards, four minutes. They really just hammered that one home straight off from the kickoff. Um, yeah, and then from the kickoff, Kenny uh, Wongwu, ninety seven oh, kickoff return, um, straight to the house, straight away yeah. to to get them back level at twenty three oh. all. Yeah, um, thanks for reminding me about that one because that, that was, was another huge. big. I mean, I must. Big... I, I was. I was driving home. Uh, I was driving home from work. I had the game on, uh, and mate, I was I was hooting, hollering in the car, punching the air. <laughs> um, I was just that was amazing. As soon as he started, but when watching some of the replays back, um, the the sidestep he did a left sidestep around the first tackler that was coming at him, and he must have moved at least two meters to his left hand side with that yeah. step. It wasn't just like a simple step like we sort of see in rugby league over here. It was he was huge. It was a huge leap to his left. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's incredible. And the blocking downfield left oh. him that lane, and he just had the speed. Nineteen point eight six miles per hour is what I remember from next gen stats on that one. It was it was fast. It was a fast play. One of the best. I I, I like that. One of the best plays of the day on Thanksgiving. One woo, and I think that that thanks for reminding me of that play because I did want to talk about Patriots special teams because that really that really let them down in the end. I thought it did, and that's hard, we, it's hard for Belichick. Um, yeah, he's saying in the coverage, obviously, because he's a special teams master, and they cut yeah. straight to him after that. And you could see that he was watching the replay on the big screen, and you could see the, the disgust on his face. So you can tell there's going to be a few guys, um. Probably getting a few bit more on the wrap over the knuckles. Oh, they're training this week, yeah, especially when they get into the breakdown phase of the of, of the games. Yeah, I don't know what was worse that play or when they were roughing the punter that the running into the punter on fourth yeah. down and three. That was that was dumb. That was inexcusable. You can't, do it. You you can't, can't do it. be doing it. You just gotta find a way to stop your momentum. But yeah, they just. The blockers just went straight through both of them, like straight into the punter. <laughs> even, even like the second time, 
I think the punt straight after, he was trying to milk it a bit. He was trying to do a bit of a dive, probably watching a bit of NBA or football, like the other football. But look, look, not roasting up sports right now. But yeah, he was trying a bit of an acting job because he thought he could get away with it. But th- that being said, the Patriots special teams, they've got to really, they really just cost them a lot there. That's seven points on the one we touchdown. And then there's more like time. I think was that the drive where Fields scored? I think it was. Which one? Oh, uh, the I think the one where it was r- running into the punter. I think that was the one where yeah, Fields scored. Yeah, that was the last touchdown. Yeah, that was a that was a rough one because yeah, they were just literally pushing them back, and then yeah, the the Vikings just came back, and yeah, they just did pretty well, and I think. I think with the Vikings, they've had their struggles. They had a bad week last week against the Cowboys, got absolutely blown out, and they bounced back four days later against the Patriots. That that's that's feeling good. That's a good feeling for the Vikings. I think, yeah, they they just had a couple of bad losses. It that's leave, left a bit of a bad taste in people's mouths. But I think the wins they've had, they've shown they've being able to do it in the clutch moments and maybe come playoff time, maybe it'll come down to the leg of Greg Joseph. Maybe it'll be uh, Kirk Cousins to Jefferson play or Kirk Cousins to Phelan or a run by Dalvin Cook or even Madison for that. Or Hawkinson, I haven't mentioned him at this point. Could be one of them. Someone's just got to step up and make a play at the end of the game. So I think it's possible. It's possible that they can actually make the sort of play that can win them the game. And I think, yeah, this is this is a good sign for the Vikings that they're winning the close ones this year. And once again, they've proven themselves again. I did manage to move them up a bit in my tier list, which we'll talk about in the next episode as well. Yeah, for sure. We will be. Um, for now, that's our, uh, our Thanksgiving recap. Um Three amazing games for uh, your Thanksgiving day in America. Um, we hope everyone had a great day, uh, a great evening, watched some good football. We hope our, our Australian uh, friends here had a good day at work watching some football or if you're lucky <laughs> enough to have your Fridays off to watch a lot of Man Thursday night games um, like Manjot is, uh, you know, just skipping school, don't tell his parents. Uh, <laughs> that sort of thing so uh, we will be back uh, on probably Sunday with our preview show so listen out for that there and we'll be throwing up some things in socials in the meantime so um, until then uh, see you later thank you everyone <laughs>